up, everybody? It's Michael Nedemeyer and Joe Geary, and we're your host of the Wit Win Podcast, whatever it takes, whenever it's needed. Today, we're talking about what stops people from being great in business. What stops businesses from being great? What stops salespeople from being great? What stops you know just about anyone from being great at whatever they're doing? And oftentimes, and there's a book about this, but it's because they settle with being good. Do you agree with that, Joe? Yep, I 100% agree that people just get to a certain level and they get content, they get comfortable, and they just stop doing uh, what got them there and stop growing and getting better. Yeah, so if good is the enemy of great, there's a book called Good to Great by Jim Collins. It's a good one if you haven't read it. But good is the enemy of great. And if you think about that, people, to your point, get to a level where business is good, money's good, I'm comfortable, I'm making good money, I don't have to worry and stress like I used to five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago. They get to a level, though, and they stop innovating, they stop working, they stop building, they stop growing because they've gotten comfortable with being a good company. And if you look at it, what good companies are out there compared to how many great companies are out there? Tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of companies out there. How many would you say are really great? There's a small few. Not a lot. There's not a lot. small percentage. There's a small few. And what separates those companies or even those salespeople, look at at the 80-20 principle in most industries. 20% of people make 80% of the money. So what's separating those 20% from the other 80% and really of that 20%, 5 to 3%, 3 to 5% are probably making really high net worth or really high income or everybody else. It's because to your point, you start working and then you abandon, oftentimes abandon the principles or or the, the habits that got you to that level. So people start thinking, oh, well, I'm too good to go door knock now. Oh, I'm too good to pick up the phone. Not that I'm too good, but I'm beyond that. I already did that. I already did that for 10 years. I shouldn't have to do that anymore. And they stop those foundational principles that help them build their business. They quit doing. And they think, oh, I don't need to do that anymore. I've made it, which is the wrong attitude if you want to build a great company. And I also think with building a great company, it comes with how do we put intentional focus on plugging holes in our business? Where can we be better? Because at the end of the day, good isn't good enough if you can be better and better isn't good enough if it can be best. How And that's what I constantly think about. How can we constantly and consistently make things better within our business to keep growing so that we never become a content business where, well, we do the same production year after year after year after year. So in your business, Joe, what are you doing to make sure that that doesn't happen, where you're constantly having growth and constantly having trajectory of making more money every single year? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is most people compare themselves to other people instead of comparing themselves to their own potential. So they'll look around them and say, oh, my friends don't make that much money or I'm making way more money than them. Or, you know, Susie Lou over here, this business is only doing X and I'm doing, you know, double the amount. And they think they're doing good. They think they're winning. But in reality, you have that much more that you could do. So I think it's focus on your own potential and not necessarily what everybody else is doing. And that's a good way to figure out how much more you can grow and figure out a plan on how you can get better and keep going and doing more. Because, you know, most of us are hardly even scratching the surface on our potential. So keep focusing on your potential and you'll find that there's always room for growth versus just paying attention to what everybody else is doing and trying to play the game of competing with everybody else. Because at the end of the day, you're just competing with yourself. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think if if you have a peer group that's not necessarily – pushing you like if you're the top person in your peer group you need to go find new people now that doesn't mean go abandon friends and things like i hate when people say oh you have to get rid of your friends no you don't what you need to do though is start surrounding yourself though you can still hang out with your friends there's no problem with that 
And unless they're really dragging you down, that's a different story. But if they're just supportive friends and they don't have the same ambition or the same mindset or the same the same path that you're on, that's okay. You can still be friends with them. You just don't talk about business things. But if that's the case, you need to go find people that you can aspire to be like. So you need to be surrounding yourself with people that are doing more than you. And that's the answer at the end of the day. How do I become a great company? Well, one, I have to know it's possible. Two, I have to surround myself with other people that are doing it at the level I aspire to be to. So that can help push me and help me grow. And it can cut my learning curve because oftentimes some of the most successful people are also the most generous people that are going to share strategies, share things they're doing, share pitfalls that they went through that maybe now you can avoid. That's why having coaches and mentorships very important as well if they're the right types of coaches and mentors. And if you do these things, you can focus on building a great company or becoming the best salesperson you can be, becoming the best athlete you can be, whatever the industry you're in, it doesn't matter. But how do you focus on being great at it and not just being content with, well, good enough. It's good enough. Because I think that's oftentimes where people get, it's, it's comfort. It's that, it's that whole level of, well, I'm making a good income now. So it's okay. That's why people won't leave a job too. Maybe they have big ambitions or big desires to go do something else and they won't do it because they're fearful of what if it didn't work out. Now I'm making decent money. Life's not bad. Life's okay. You know, so I'm just going to stick here and never go shoot for what I really want to do, which oftentimes I think can be a huge problem. Yeah, because I think a lot of people will cast a vision or they'll set a goal before they get started doing something. And then the most dangerous thing I feel like is that good or that little bit of success because it's very comfortable to just stay in that and mm-hmm. just not keep growing, getting better because you're, you're super comfortable. And people, once people have comfort, a lot of them shut down or just get complacent. And that's what we see all the time with businesses and people that, hey, they have everything they need. They don't have a lot, but they don't have a little. They're right in between. And that's okay with a lot of people. Yeah, which is unfortunate because they probably have the potential to do way more if they would just put the focus into it. So some things to think about too from a company standpoint, like as a, like we're in real estate, so that's what we tend to touch on. But as a real estate agent, when you start off, you're on your own typically. Starting off as a solo agent, you start doing putting focus on things that are going to start generating you income right so it's it's building relationships it's it's learning scripts it's learning presentation skills it's learning all these things now how do you scale that because that's the other thing too you can grow a fast company and you can have like a you know a quick quick amount of sales in a short period of time if you're doing the right things how do you turn that into a scalable system though where things people follow the same systems and uphold your core values and uphold the values that your business was built on and one of the ways you can do that is simply, and it sounds stupid, but it's a checklist. I've always used checklists. I like checklists. Like I was a, I was an aviation major in college. So I've spent a lot of time flying airplanes. There are checklists for every single step of flying an airplane. There's a pre-fight checklist that I'm checking before I even get in the plane. There's a checklist before I start the plane. There's a checklist before I taxi. There's a checklist before I take off. There's a checklist after I taxi take off when I'm cruising. There's a checklist before I land. There's a checklist to turn the airplane off. There's a checklist for everything. And guess what happens when you don't follow those checklists? What happens? You forget to put the landing gear down. That's happened, right? In school, when I was in college, it happened to some people. They forget to put the landing gear down. Well, when you land a twin-engine plane without landing gear, you're going to do a lot of damage. All because they had had enough hours in the plane where they got comfortable. Right? They were a good pilot, but they weren't a great pilot. And what separated them from being a great pilot was oftentimes just following the checklist, doing little things. It's the same thing in business. If we can build checklists that our team can follow – that's how we can build great systems that we know things are getting done consistently every single time. And we don't have to worry about, is that getting done or not? We know it's getting done because we can go look at the checklist and see that it was checked off and it was done correctly. 
I think that's a big part of what you just said is that, you know, the person following the plane, they get comfortable mm-hmm. and they feel like they know how to do everything and then they forget that small little detail. And I think it's the same thing in business and in life. It's the small little details compounding is what can kill you and what can hold you back is a lot of people start escaping those small details that they don't think are important right now. Yeah. But then over time they build up and create a monster that you can, you know, you can't face it. You can't get past it because you've let things go so long the small details are coming back to bite you. They do. And the details, the small details are everything. The seemingly unimportant things in our business compound, to your point, into massive results. And that's why it's so important. If you want to separate yourself right now, you might be building a team or building a company and things are going well and you're making money. Are you looking at every aspect of your business? Because it's not always just the top line of what's coming in. We need to be looking at customer retention. How many of our clients are coming back? Are we giving five-star service that we expect from our team members? We need to constantly be looking at things, and that's what we do here, and that's what I'm, I'm a big fan of plugging into is I want to plug holes. I want to see, great, we're making income. We're ahead on profit. Everything there is good. Where are we not doing well? What do we need to be focused on? Where, where, are, we, where are we failing in systems? Where are we failing in customer service? Where are we failing in on conversions, on appointments? I want to be looking at those things constantly and figuring out how do we make those things better. Because at the end of the day, if you want to build a great company, it's not about just one aspect of it. That will get you started. But now you have to learn how to consistently and scale different systems to make sure that everyone's in the same in the boat together, rowing in the same direction. And when you start to do those things, that's when your business can start to grow. But prior to that, because like I said, in the beginning, it's just all you doing it all, doing it all, doing it all. So how do you make a scalable system and not get comfortable along the way? Like for me, one of the things I do as well is set targets. And I know you do this as well, Joe, because there's nothing for me. There's I hit the same production level for about three years in a row, and I was miserable. High income, good production, but no growth. And for me, it's got to be. I think the key to life is progress. How do we make progress in our lives? How do we get a little bit better every single day? A little bit better today than I was yesterday. A little bit better tomorrow than I was today. Every single day, if I can make progress, that's what keeps me feeling like I'm winning in life. And it's when I'm flat and I'm stagnant and I'm doing the same production and I've got the same business and I've got the same thing and it's like Groundhog Day every single day. And I don't want to live a life like that. I want to live a life where we're constantly growing, we're constantly adding value to our clients, constantly adding value to the people on our team. And so we can all really live an abundant life. So what keeps you motivated, Joe, from not getting caught up in the good and the average and just feeling like I'm comfortable, I got enough money in the bank now, I can chill? I I think the biggest thing is really the potential on where could you be versus – you know, like I said earlier, comparing yourself to others, because when you play the game of comparing yourself to others, it's not very fulfilling, number one, because it's not very hard to get past a lot of people that are around you. Mm -hmm. Like you can do that very easily. The hard part is how can you be the best, you know, in your city? How can you be the best in your state? How can you be the best in the country? And I think that's very motivating is being the best and not just saying, oh, how can I make more money than my friends? How can I Mm -hmm. live a better lifestyle? Because it doesn't take a lot to be able to do that. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree. So it's setting bigger targets and knowing that what do you want out of life too? I often say this too, like most people spend more time planning a vacation than they do their life. What do you want out of life and and what's your goal? Right? Like what's the goal? Where do you see yourself in five years? Where do you see yourself in 10 years? And I tell you what, like the most successful people I know, they write their goals down. They put focus and intention on their goals. They visualize, they see their life the way they want it 10 years from now. And they look at it and they visualize it now. But most people won't do that. They think it's stupid. They don't think it works. They don't think, but any successful person will tell you that they do these things and they manifest that into their life. That's also part of separating yourself from not getting comfortable. It's easy to get comfortable. 
right? It's easy to be have a life of, of average and be able to just drive average cars, live in an average house, go to syndicates to average schools, all of that, take an average vacation. But how do you live a really abundant life? Because everyone has the potential to do it, but not everyone will do it. And it's because they fall into that trap of good enough. Well, my life's good. It's way better than it was a few years ago. So, you know, I should be thankful. I should be grateful for what I have. Definitely believe you should all be grateful for what we have because a lot of people are blessed in this country. And if you think about it, there's no reason. We, we were born in a country where there's endless opportunity, where there's endless potential to go make whatever you want out of life. And you just got to focus on it. And you don't abandon the things that got you to the level of success you're at right now because that oftentimes happens too. People think there's one thing to innovate and adopt new technologies that come in place. And there's another thing to just abandon things that work because I think a lot of people do that. They'll, they'll quit making the calls like I mentioned. They'll abandon the things that got them to the level and you have to look at it and say, okay, the things that got me to this level, do they still work? And the answer is yes. It's how do I get in front of more people? If you're in sales, you need to get in front of more people. I need to talk to more people. How do I go to more networking events? How do I pick up the phone and call more people? How do I generate more leads into my business? But don't abandon the things that got you to the level and always look for new shiny objects because that's another problem I think that separate a lot of good companies from great. They abandon the core principles and they always look for the next best thing and that's not always the answer. So covered a lot there in just a couple of minutes. What other thoughts do you have though from going from good to great? I, I will say it's not easy to to break through because we all have that comfort level like we talked about where you get to a certain level and all your basic needs are covered. Mm-hmm. You really don't have to worry about things as much as you're used to and that you kind of get at the fork in the road where it's either you take the easy path or the hard path. And the thing about the easy path is if you take the easy path, it's going to lead to hard down the road. And if you take the hard path now, it's going to lead to easy down the road. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people don't realize that because you see a lot of people even – from my experience being in real estate, like with me and with a lot of people, you'll meet with these old people and they just have a ton of regret. They're, you know, 70 years old, they're 80 years old. They don't have any money, which is horrible because they should have spent their entire life accumulating wealth and money. But some of these people are 80, 70 years old and can hardly scrape together two pennies. Mm -hmm. And they took the easy route most of the time. And is that really what you want in life? Do you want to be you know, that 60, 70 year old man who sits there, you know, with their grandkids and their kids, they don't have any money. They're dependent on other people taking care of them. Or do you want to be that person you can look back on and they say, well, I'm proud of who I became. I'm proud that I made the decision I made because I'm in a great position now where I can help others. I can help myself. I don't have to depend on anybody else. I agree with that. Yeah. And oftentimes the lad, the person you just spoke of is the person that's going to make excuses. They're going to make excuses for why their life didn't work out. It's going to be someone else's fault. They're going to blame someone else. It's always, there's always a reason for why they couldn't succeed when in reality, yes, you're going to have setbacks. Yes, there are going to be things that are going to happen that aren't going to be fair. Yes, you're going to get lawsuits against you and people are going to steal from you. And that's part of it, right? That's going to happen. But how you react to it, it's all that matters. Like what happens to you happens to pretty much all of us. But how you react to it is what separates people that succeed from people that don't. Don't be the person that's 80 years old that's full of regret. Be the person right now that says, I'm going to take ownership for my life. If my life is not where I want it to be, because to believe it or not, where your life is today is a direct reflection of the choices that you made. You talked about this the other day. I think once you realize that, though, like it's impossible to go down the route of easy because you're yeah. always aware that, hey, if I do this and my life turns out like this, it's 100% my fault. It's not the government's fault. It's not my boss's fault. It's not anybody else's fault except mine. Mm-hmm. I think once people realize that, like it's very hard to go back down the other road. I agree. It's taking complete ownership of your life. And knowing that no matter what you what situation comes from, it's 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 ultimately your responsibility. Like Jocko talks about in uh, extreme ownership, everything's your fault. I'll give you an example. 
I was in Colombia last week in uh, Medellin, Colombia, out of the country. And I went to a lunch. I pulled up to a valet. I valeted my car. And car was fine when I gave the valet my car. I went in and ate lunch. I came out. He pulls up. My tire's flat and the taillight's broken. He didn't take ownership of it. All right? So I could have fought with the guy. I don't speak very good Spanish, but I could have argued with him. I looked at it. He just kind of denied it. And I was like, okay, it was fine an hour ago. But at the end of the day, I just limped it into a place. I got the tire tire changed, got the shit stuff fixed. And at the end of the day, I take ownership. I shouldn't have valeted the car. I shouldn't give a rental car to somebody that that isn't isn't supposed to be driving it, right? So you know what? I'm going to pay the money. It's my fault. And from now on, I'm not going to valet cars when I'm in Columbia. It's simple. I'm going to find a parking spot. If I have to walk a little bit further, I'm going to walk. Like I just took ownership of it. I'm not going to let it ruin my trip. I'm not going to let it you know t- blame the guy and fight with the guy. You know what? At the end of the day, it's my fault. I take ownership for every single situation that happens in my life because that's the way I want to live. I want to be in control of my life and not place blame and be sitting here blaming somebody else for the way my life turns out. And that's the way we have to look at it. We all have the potential to build the best life we want if we can come to terms with the fact that we control the choices that we make and the outcomes and how we react to situations. Like That's one thing too. I tend to react in certain certain situations. That's something I've been very proactively um, working toward is how do I be more calm? And that's what I did in that situation. I didn't get angry. I just recognized that I was really pissed off inside, right? And, and arguing with the guy, what good would that have done? He's going to no, deny it. It's not going to be like, oh, you're right. Here's $400 or whatever it costs, you know? Just go fix it and go be done. So just own it. And at the end of the day, it's that kind of mindset that's going to separate you from having a good life to having a really great life. When you can own every aspect of your life and know that, even if bad situations happen, I'm not going to sit there and wallow in my misery and be like, oh, my life's so unfair and this and that. It's, I'm going to own it and be like, yes, this happened to me. How do I fix it? How do I correct it? How do I make it better? How do I make sure I'm never in this situation again? And when you start to do that, you can take your life from good to being really great. You can take your company from good to being really great. So I hope that helped. We'll see you guys next time.